What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Carolina Talk Podcast. Special episode today, at least for me, it's episode 10, the 10th episode of the Carolina Talk Podcast, and for me, I just want to sit here real quick before I go in to the Georgia Tech preview. Obviously, Tar Heels taking on Georgia Tech this weekend in Chapel Hill, 12-15 kickoff, homecoming as well, so really looking forward to that matchup, but before I even get into that, before I get into the preview for that, let me just go ahead and thank everybody who has supported the Carolina Talk podcast so far. I started this podcast just over a month ago and with a goal of I wanted to come on here and you know, I grew up a Carolina fan. Well, I, I talked a lot about this in the first episode, which if you haven't heard, uh, I highly recommend going back if you want to kind of learn about me, uh, more about why I started this podcast in the first place. But the positive feedback I've gotten not only for the podcast, but also on Twitter at Carolina Talk Pod, I've got a lot of positive interaction with not only fans, but former Carolina players, uh, current Carolina football and basketball players have, have shown a lot of love, and I'm really, really thankful for that because to me, that you know, that means more than the, uh, they can even know. You know, as a guy who grew up a diehard Carolina fan, a guy who has had season tickets for football for a long time, who goes to soccer games, basketball games, baseball games as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, I love everything about the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and I'm excited every day when I do this podcast, every episode, to come on here and talk and, and preview different games and talk about different things related around Carolina football right now. I will say we, we most of the podcasts have obviously been Carolina football related. I had another podcast kind of talking about what was going on around Carolina and different sports as well, which I need to get back into. That's my apologies for not speaking a little bit more about some of the other sports going on right now. Obviously, men's soccer, women's soccer, and field hockey are having exceptional seasons so far this fall. But obviously, with football being the major sport uh, at, at the university right now, football and basketball, obviously the two biggest sports, and not only at Carolina, but in college athletics in general, football is a sport that I'm going to continue to talk about. And we will be getting into basketball next week. Hopefully, we'll have a, a basketball season preview with one of my good friends on here, really knowledgeable about basketball and Carolina basketball in general. Um, a guy I went to school with up at Appalachian State and and doing a lot of broadcasting with up there. So I'll definitely be trying to get him on next week. And we'll also have a Georgia Tech review podcast in the works as well. So like I said earlier, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that continues to listen to this podcast, continues to support. Please, if you haven't, follow us on Twitter at Carolina Talk Pod. Uh, we have a lot of polls on there, a lot of information uh, tweeting every day about Carolina athletics, uh, recruiting, all that good stuff. So follow us on there at Carolina Talk Pod as we continue to grow the Carolina Talk Podcast family. But as we always do, let's jump right into this Georgia Tech preview. Obviously, North Carolina taking on Georgia Tech this weekend. 12-15 kickoff at Keenan Memorial Stadium. Homecoming for the Tar Heels. And obviously, we would like to see Carolina a little bit better Record-wise, that might be an understatement, a whole lot better record-wise. North Carolina right now sitting at 1-6 overall and 1-4 in, in the ACC. So hasn't quite been the season that North Carolina wanted. Maybe has been the season that a lot of Carolina fans expected going into it, especially with how disappointing last year was. But Georgia Tech rolls into Chapel Hill, the Ramblin' Wreck, coming off a really, really impressive victory last Thursday night against a... Virginia Tech team that hasn't shown me a lot this year. I think Ryan Willis 
is a little bit overrated as a quarterback. He hasn't really impressed me much, the Kansas transfer who's been playing up there at Virginia Tech with the likes of Josh Jackson being out injured. Hasn't shown me much, and Bud Foster and that Virginia Tech defense have just really, really been underachieving. I know they're extremely young, but they just had no answer last Thursday for the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. Obviously, Tobias Oliver, the backup quarterback, stepped in for Taquan Marshall uh, in that game, and Tobias Oliver ran for 215 yards and three touchdowns in Blacksburg. The Yellow Jackets went on to win that game on Thursday night, 49-28, to and I had an opportunity to watch most of that game, and Georgia Tech looked really deadly. Paul Johnson came out this week and pretty much said that they just ran on offense the same plays over and over again, and his reason for that was the fact that Virginia Tech simply couldn't stop it, and I'm a big believer in that, especially when it comes to, to sports and, and football more specifically, because if something is working, I don't understand why you switch it up and, and try to do something else. One thing I have been critical of with this coaching staff in North Carolina is a lot of the games I've been at, I think I notice it more when I'm there in person, is Carolina will dominate on the ground. This is something we've talked about before in previous podcasts, but I remember a couple seasons ago when we had Elijah Hood, Elijah Hood would run all over teams, and then in the second half, we'd come out and he would get two, three touches, and I remember a lot of fans around me and myself would notice it and would get frustrated because a guy like Elijah Hood, who was so deadly, the reason I use him as an example is because he's one of our best recruits in state, not only in state, but in general in the past 10 years or so. And he was a great, great running back, obviously on the Panthers right now is injured, but Elijah Hood was a really good running back, a bruiser for North Carolina. And I think one of the reasons he ended up leaving early was because he didn't get the ball a lot. And it's one thing I noticed a lot a couple seasons ago. I still notice it a little bit with the likes of Antonio Williams and Michael Carter this year as well. But it seems like Larry Fedora and his offensive staff do not follow the same mantra that Paul Johnson does. seems like when things are working for Carolina, we like to get tricky with it. We like to switch it up. And it, it just doesn't seem like the smart thing to do. And it kind of seems like a common sense thing. If something's working, like the old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So... I don't know why Carolina seems to do that a lot offensively. I do like the fact that we run different plays and pass and run, and we switch that up a lot. But if something is working, continue to do it. So I really respect Paul Johnson for coming out and saying that. And to me, it makes perfect sense. And when Georgia Tech gets rolling, they're a really, really tough team to stop. And that was really in full effect last Thursday against the Hokies. So obviously, Virginia Tech defense, like I said, not the greatest in the world, really, really young and not doing a very good job this season overall. I've let up a lot, a lot of points, especially over the past two weekends. So that was a little bit of a, a weird game and, and maybe something you can't necessarily judge. But the problem is Carolina's defense is not much better than Virginia Tech. So I am worried going into this game on can Carolina stop Georgia Tech on the offensive side of the ball, especially with how banged up our defensive line is, which we will get into in the next few minutes when we start to talk about Carolina more specifically. But before that, let's talk about Georgia Tech and talk about their offense. Obviously, Georgia Tech, a team that is going to look to beat you predominantly on the ground. A lot of people say that Georgia Tech runs a triple option offense, which is not necessarily true. I was interested to see that Larry Fedora came out this week um, talking to the media and said that Georgia Tech didn't even run the triple option one time against Virginia Tech and ended up putting up 49 points. So a little bit of a myth that Georgia Tech is a predominantly triple option based team. More than that, they're just a team that runs the ball a lot. They will, You will more than likely see some triple option looks. I was a little bit surprised 
to see that they didn't run it at all against Virginia Tech. But like Paul Johnson said this week, the head coach for the Yellow Jackets, you know, Virginia Tech wasn't stopping what they were doing. So they basically just kept running the same two, three plays over and over again. And if it's working, like I said, keep doing it. So can't really blame them for doing that. But Georgia Tech, a team that's going to beat you on the ground, that loves to run the ball, that actually leads the nation right now, is number one in the country in rushing yards, total rushing yards this season with close to 3,000. I believe it's around 2,900 rushing yards this season for Georgia Tech. And they're a team that doesn't like to pass the ball. The only time you're really going to see Georgia Tech pass the ball is when they're playing from behind. And that'll be something we elaborate on in the next few minutes when I go into Carolina's three keys to beating Georgia Tech this weekend in Chapel Hill. But let's start off real quick again by looking at Georgia Tech's schedule this season, looking at some of their results so far in 2018. Started off the season, played Alcorn State, beat them 41 to nothing. Can't really judge too much from that game. Then went on the road to a USF team who has been really good this season. I think they lost their first game last week to Temple and ended up losing to them in South Florida 49 to 38. So put up a lot of points in that game, but defensively, Georgia Tech is not the greatest, which we'll talk about in a second. At Pittsburgh on the next game, 24-19 loss for them. Pittsburgh, an up-and-down team this year. Obviously, Carolina's only victory of the season has come against Pittsburgh. So went to Pittsburgh, Hinesfield, couldn't get it done, only scored 19 points. So Pittsburgh defense did a really good job. And if I'm John Papuchis in that Carolina defensive staff, I'm watching that highlight tape and trying to figure out what Pittsburgh was able to do against this Georgia Tech rushing attack. Then played Clemson at home in Atlanta. Ended up letting up 49 points to them and losing 49 to 21. Obviously, Clemson, one of the best teams in the country, national championship contenders. So can't really judge too much from that game. But like you can see, once again, let up 49 points. And that's three of their first four games. They had let up over 40 points. So like I've said, this Georgia Tech defense is there for the taking. But like we'll talk about in a few minutes, I'm not sure if North Carolina is going to be able to to exploit that with how the offense has been playing, especially over the past few games. Then got on a little bit of a winning streak, won two games in a row, played at home to Bowling Green, put up 63 points, 63-17 to 17 victory for them, then went down to Louisville, who somehow not won a game, pretty much worse than North Carolina in the ACC this season, beat the Cardinals in Louisville 66-31, to 31, and then played Duke at home two weeks ago, wasn't able to really do too much against them. Uh, ended up losing 28-14 to 14 in that game. So if Carolina can, it needs a tape to watch, that's the tape to go back and watch of those two games, Pittsburgh and Duke, because Pittsburgh and Duke only allowed 19 and 14 points. So would definitely go check out that and see what the defense did in that game because Georgia Tech just had no answers for them in those two matchups. And then went on the road last week, last Thursday, up to Blattsburg. Big Thursday night showdown in the Coastal Division. Came back with a 49-28 victory. As you can see with this Georgia Tech team, they've been a little bit up and down so far this season. Currently sitting at 4-4, four and four, fifth in the Coastal Division at 2-3. and three. So not a great team by any means, but a team on their day that can really, really dominate you like they did against the Hokies and just make you look silly. They're a team that when they get going... They're scary to watch, but on the other hand, in some games, they simply just don't do anything, and they look really, really mediocre, so I'll be interested to see what kind of team 
for the Yellow Jackets shows up this weekend in Chapel Hill because if it's the same rushing attack that showed up against Virginia Tech, then folks, it's going to be a long Saturday afternoon for the Tar Heels. But if maybe it's a team that showed up like they did against Pittsburgh, like they did against Duke, then Carolina's got a really good shot of putting up some points on a, a really, really mediocre Georgia Tech defense who actually statistically overall is the worst defense in the ACC. But the, my biggest fear is if Carolina, can they find a way to stop Georgia Tech if they get rolling? And can they find a way to stop Paul Johnson's rushing attack that has been so deadly at times this season? So Georgia Tech, a team that I'm a little bit fearful of going into this game, a team I, quite frankly, don't really like watching play. Georgia Tech's a, a boring team to watch, honestly. I'm not really sure how you can be a Georgia Tech football fan, but there are Georgia Tech football fans, obviously. All they do is, is run the ball. The only time they're going to throw is if they get behind. So that's one of the big keys is can you get Georgia Tech behind early and force them to start playing from behind? Because the thing is, when you're a predominantly based running team, the clock is not on your side if you're behind. You have to start throwing. And the likes of Taquan Marshall and Tobias Oliver are not guys that are going to complete a lot of passes. Georgia Tech this season is 40 for 86 with two quarterbacks. So they've only attempted 86 passes, which is super, super low for a team in the NCAA. But when you really look deeper into the statistics and watch how they play, you obviously can see that they are a predominantly base rushing team, like we've said before. So 40 for 86 this season, only 700 yards of passing, about a below 50% completion percentage at 46.5, uh, 8.2 yards per attempt. So not really necessarily a bad stat when it comes to the amount of yards they're getting per throw, but there are four touchdowns and four interceptions with Marshall and Oliver back there throwing the ball for the Yellow Jackets. So Georgia Tech, a team that it seems like over the past few years when we played them, they have had success through the air, which is questionable. I don't know why that seems to happen against the Tar Heels. That seems to be a, a reoccurring theme for our defense going up against them. It seems like they get these big pass plays out of nowhere when they really don't do it against any other teams. Not sure why that is, but this is a team that's not going to beat you through the air, and if you can force Georgia Tech to throw the ball a lot, then more than likely nine times out of ten, you're going to come out on top in that game. But the thing is, and where Georgia Tech's going to beat you, like we've said, is on the ground. So let's look at the rushing statistics this year. Georgia Tech, 476 carries for 2,932 yards. Yes, folks, 2,932 yards, currently number one in the nation in FBS level at total rushing yards. So this is an offense that's going to look to beat you on the ground and only on the ground. They only attempted one pass against Virginia Tech and didn't even complete it. I actually remember seeing that pass, and I think Tobias Oliver ended up like falling down when he tried to pass it. It was actually pretty comical. It was perfect example of Georgia Tech is not a team that wants to throw and the way that Tobias Oliver threw the ball and how ugly it was to be quite frank was was comical it just was like this is not a team that wants to throw the ball and it was almost like Tobias Oliver didn't know how to throw the ball obviously that's not true but Georgia Tech a team that's going to look to pound it and pound it and pound it on the ground and really beat your front seven front five up as a defensive unit. So close to 3,000 yards on the season, about a 6.2 average per carry, and that's which is really, really pretty solid when you think about it. If you can get six yards every run, you're looking pretty good. Uh, longest run has been 65 yards. So not a team that's going to take big chunks of yards to the house very often, 
more of a team that's going to pound the ball for short yardage, force you into third and short, and then get that first down. Slow, methodical drives down the field is what is really dangerous as a defensive unit trying to defend the Georgia Tech rushing attack. Tobias Oliver right now, the backup quarterback, yes, leading the team this season in touchdowns with 10 rushing touchdowns on the season. Taquan Marshall, who was just announced by Paul Johnson, I believe yesterday, that he will get his starting job back for North Carolina this weekend. So I'm kind of more optimistic going into this game hearing that because I, what I saw from Tobias Oliver looked a lot more dangerous than what I've seen from Taquan Marshall this season. Tobias Oliver was just, it looked like men amongst boys this past week against Virginia Tech, and he was just doing whatever he wanted to uh, against that Virginia Tech defense. Obviously, ended up rushing for over 200 yards and three touchdowns. So the fact that Taquan Marshall is going to get the nod against North Carolina this weekend does make me feel a little bit better. Taquan Marshall has run for nine touchdowns and has thrown for three as well, but has thrown four interceptions. So if we can force Taquan Marshall to start throwing that ball, this North Carolina secondary could have a field day and get a lot, a lot of turnovers against really a, a pretty poor passing team in Georgia Tech when it comes down to it. Receiving yards, 707 yards for them, 40 receptions, so really a very low statistic when you think about it. Uh, Clinton Lynch is going to be their most deadly option if they do decide to pass. 209 yards, 7 receptions, so the leading receiver is Clinton Lynch in terms of yards, but Brad Stewart, the most reception on the team, only with 11, which is super low. Some wide receivers get 11 catches in a game or two games at the most, so that's a, a pretty low statistic for Georgia Tech. They're not a team that's going to beat you through the air, so North Carolina shouldn't be honed in or focused on that too much, but hopefully for North Carolina this weekend, hopefully it does turn into a game where Georgia Tech's having to pass because like we've mentioned before, if Georgia Tech starts throwing that ball, you're going to have a good chance of winning this game because sim quite simply, that's not what they want to do and they're not very good at it. Georgia Tech, a team that is going to beat you on the ground, is really, really going to try to pound that ball over and over and over again and is going to more than likely dominate the time of possession if they're getting what they want through the rushing game. And this could be a really quick game, folks. One of the reasons for that is Georgia Tech loves to run the ball, but their defense is really, really bad at defending the run as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see Larry Fedora in offense really trying to give that ball a lot of touches for the likes of Michael Carter, Antonio Williams, and Jordan Brown. A lot of wraparound runs for Daz Newsome and Anthony Ratliff-Williams as well. But based on how Carolina has played this season, I'm not too confident in this offense being able to put up enough points against this Georgia Tech defense, who granted is not very good, but it's just been way too inconsistent from the Tar Heels on the offensive side of the ball this season. And for me, I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith in this team and their ability to win games when it comes down to it. Carolina has only won four games in two years. And when it gets to that point, you get a little bit of false hope every weekend going to a game, hoping that they can turn it around. But, you know, after going 4-15 and in over a year and a half of football, I'm not too optimistic going up against a Georgia Tech team who just made Virginia Tech look silly last week. So let's switch our focus real quick to North Carolina and what they need to do to come out victorious and get their second win of the season against the Yellow Jackets this weekend. If you haven't seen it already, if you haven't checked it out, go over to the Carolina Talk Pod Twitter at Carolina Talk Pod. Yesterday, around 6 o'clock, I tweeted a preview article that I wrote for the game this weekend against Georgia Tech. You can check that out. That's really what I'm going to be following when I talk about this right here. 
three keys to victory for North Carolina like I usually do in a podcast. So let's jump right into it as we always do. Obviously, last season, North Carolina went down to Atlanta looking to win their fourth straight game over the Yellow Jackets. Had a really good record uh, over the past five or so years against the Ramblin' Wreck after really struggling to beat them at all um, when Larry Fedora first got here and with Butch Davis as well. But North Carolina went down there on September 30th last year and the Ramblin' Wreck just dominated North Carolina on the ground like you would expect. 403 yards rushing and a 33-7 to victory for the Yellow Jackets that day. And that streak obviously snapped. The Tar Heels were 1-3 overall entering that game and 0-2 in the ACC. And unfortunately for North Carolina, their struggles have kind of continued into this season to keep it quite simple with you. It's North Carolina has just really struggled. That's something we've talked about a lot on, on the Carolina Talk Pod over the past few episodes. And Carolina's just continuing to struggle, continuing to, to almost invent new ways to lose, which is something we saw a lot last year as well. But they're keeping it close. They're not really getting blown out in a lot of games like we saw a lot last year. But at the same time, a loss is a loss. It doesn't really matter how much points you lose by. And North Carolina is continuing to lose. Georgia Tech, as of yesterday, was six-point favorites over North Carolina. And I think that scoreline or spread will probably go up a little bit more. I wouldn't be surprised to see it probably at 6.5 or 7. I haven't checked it today, but on by kickoff, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Uh, Georgia Tech about a touchdown and an extra point favorite over North Carolina going into the matchup this weekend. Three keys to victory for North Carolina. First biggest thing for me and first biggest thing I'm going to be looking for on the defensive side of the ball is Will this banged-up defensive line be able to stay strong against a Georgia Tech rushing attack that is very, very dangerous and against a Georgia Tech rushing attack that is going to continue to pound the ball no matter what? So if you look at who's going to be available on the defensive line against Georgia Tech, Malik Carney will be back. Good to see. He's obviously finished his suspension uh, unless Carolina manages to schedule a 12th game in which he will have to sit out. But Timon Fox still missing, I believe, two more games through suspension Crazy how guys are still um, having to deal with suspensions this late in the season, but Timon Fox will not be playing unless something crazy happens. Unless North Carolina, I don't know if they're filing for a waiver based on how many injuries we have on the D-line, but would be really, really shocked to see Timon Fox suiting up this weekend for North Carolina. Allen Cater out for the year after really messing up his knee bad against Syracuse a couple weeks ago, so wishing him a speedy recovery. He'll be unavailable for North Carolina on the defensive line. Um, Aaron Crawford. Don't think you're going to see him this weekend, a guy that has tried to play over the past couple weeks, played a handful of snaps against Syracuse, and I believe he played three snaps against Virginia before tweaking his knee again, coming off the field really, really frustrated, which you can understand. And Crawford, one of Carolina's best players on the defensive line, and at this point in the season, if I'm the coaching staff in North Carolina, I'm probably not really looking to get Aaron Crawford back this year and maybe applying for a medical redshirt. He's obviously a guy that redshirted his freshman year at Carolina. So he's only a redshirt junior here, has another year regardless. But if we could get a medical redshirt for Aaron Crawford, it'd be really nice because Aaron Crawford's a really, really good defensive tackle for North Carolina. But health comes first, and if he's not 100%, there's no need to try and keep getting him in the game. So we'd like to see Aaron Crawford back, but... Highly doubt you'll end up seeing him at all the rest of the season. So, you know, that's three guys right there on the defensive line and three of Carolina's best defensive line players in Fox, Cater, and Aaron Crawford. So that's really something that worries me going up against a team like Georgia Tech, who, like we've said before, is really, really going to run the ball and continue to run the ball and pound that front five of your, or depends on how many 
guys Carolina put in the box and, and decide to put on the defensive line, but really, really going to pound your defensive line. Obviously, they love to kind of dive at your knees when they block. I don't not really sure how it's legal still in, in today's world with all the rules and regulations we've seen in football put in place over the past five years or so, where it seems like you can't do anything or hit guys at all anymore. And Georgia Tech still and the offensive day run are still basically looking to take your legs out, which is extremely dangerous. And you don't want to see that in a game against Georgia Tech. You don't want to have to go in already having a banged up defensive line because I guarantee you someone is going to go out against Georgia Tech on the defensive side of the ball and will not be available available to play in the coming weeks because it doesn't really matter. It seems like every year Carolina plays somebody. Not only have we been plagued by the injury bug, I think we've got like 19 injuries again this season, which is unfathomable really when it comes down to it. I have no explanation for how two years in a row North Carolina has been struck by the injury bug. Something has to be going on in the program, in the strength and conditioning program, because there's really just no viable explanation for that that I can think of. It just doesn't happen to programs. So Carolina's defensive line is going to get banged up against Georgia Tech, and the fact that they're already banged up makes me really worried, and I'm not sure how Carolina's going to be able to cope, especially when you're missing three of your best defensive players in Fox, Cater, and Crawford, like I've said before. So that's my first biggest key for North Carolina if they looking to get a win this weekend is will this banged up defensive line be able to stay strong and do some nice things against and stop this rushing attack more than anything for Georgia Tech. Second big key to victory for me for the Tar Heels is this offense really has to look to put up points early against a Georgia Tech team that quite simply just does not like playing from behind. If I'm Larry Fedora and and I'm talking to this offense, I'm talking to Nathan Elliott going into this game, I'm telling him that, hey man, you got to score early. Carolina, as an offensive unit, has to find a way to put up points in the first quarter, in the second quarter, on the first few drives against this Georgia Tech defense and make them play from behind. Like we've said before in this podcast, if Georgia Tech is forced to play from behind and is forced to put the ball in the air, nine times out of 10, they're going to lose that game. So what I'm really looking for is, can Nathan Elliott and this offense come out extremely aggressive, take it to a, a mediocre, at best, Georgia Tech defense and punish them early on? If they can do that, they're going to have a really, really good chance at winning this matchup. I think really the main problem, though, with the offense has been the, the lack of consistent we consistency we've seen from them this season. I've had a couple good games like Pittsburgh and Syracuse where they put up some some good points, but they also had a couple of really, really bad games like we kind of we saw against California and ECU uh, more specifically. But, you know, Carolina's offense, you know, total yards-wise is not horrible. It's currently ranked 63rd in the nation in total offense, averaging just about 410 yards a game and about 5.56 yards per play. So statistically, the team is average, you know, 60th in the nation-ish it is pretty average when it when it comes down to it but I don't know and I'm not confident that this team on the offensive side of the ball is going to show up and be able to put Georgia Tech behind it really is quite simple if they can make Georgia Tech play from behind they're going to have a good chance of winning this game but if North Carolina's offense struggles to score then they're not going to beat Georgia Tech because our defense is not good enough to continue to over and over and over series after series stop this Georgia Tech running attack they're just not they're quite simply not good enough. And if they were able to do that, it would be the best game we've seen from this North Carolina defense in two, three seasons, to be quite honest with you. So Carolina can put up points early. They'll have a good shot at beating Georgia Tech. And quite simply, if they can't, then they'll lose the game. Third biggest key for me going into this game, Nathan Elliott has to be more than ordinary. I know I've harped a lot 
on Nathan Elliott this season. It's not something I like doing, and I don't like to throw kids under the bus, and I don't really feel like I'm throwing Nathan Elliott under the bus, but I will say I do feel a little bit bad about talking in a negative way a lot about Nathan Elliott. Um, like I said, he seems like a great kid. I'm all about that. I'm glad he, he's coming to the program as a part of the Tar Heel family and has worked as hard as he he has to, to get the starting spot at North Carolina. But the biggest thing is, I mean, I grew up playing a lot of sports, and I knew a lot of great kids that, you know, great people, great people to hang out with, you know, worked really hard. But when it came down to it, I had a few, you know, teammates growing up. And when it came to, to playing games, they just weren't there. They didn't show up. And I'm not saying that Nathan Elliott's not showing up. Obviously, you know, currently right now, he's holding a single season school record for most consecutive passes at 212 without an interception. That's a good stat for Elliott. But when you look deeper into it, he throws a lot of screen passes. He throws a lot of lots of shovel passes. He throws a lot of short passes. So he's not taking a lot of risk. And, and that kind of makes that stat look a lot better than it really is when you look deeper and dive deeper into it. But like I said, Nathan Elliott, a, a great kid, a guy that you know comes out and plays his hardest every game. But for me, you got to win games. That's what it comes down to at this level. That's what it comes down to in any sport, really. But especially at this Power 5 level rent. Uh, conference that Carolina's in they have to come out and they have to win games and Nathan Elliott he just hasn't done it he's won what three games as a North Carolina starter I believe three or four I can't remember off the top of my head and that's just not quite good enough for me I mean obviously it's not good enough you win in four games out of 10 he's played it's it's just not good Nathan Elliott for me and what I want to see out of him for me to really sit back and say okay he can be the starter for North Carolina he's, he's got to be more than ordinary one thing I really I typed in the article yesterday is that it's no surprise that you've seen the likes of Mitch Trubisky and Marquise Williams lead North Carolina to some of their most successful seasons, not only overall, but on the offensive side of the ball. It's not a coincidence. Both of those guys can not only throw the ball, but they can use their legs when they need to. I mean, Marquise Williams was like a glorified running back at times with the speed and, and agility and quickness he had. And Mitch Trubisky's a guy right now you're still seeing in the NFL using his wheels when he needs to. He's, he's a fast guy. And Nathan Elliott, we saw a little bit of running last year when he came in late, but I don't know why the offense doesn't look to run him more, but I guess Larry Fedora doesn't feel comfortable with Nathan Elliott running the ball, and we haven't seen it. And with the offense that we've had and how kind of up and down we've been, I guarantee you this offense would look a lot better if we had a guy that when it got dangerous, when the pocket started to collapse, they could get out and run the ball for a few yards. And we don't have that anymore. And not only is Nathan Elliott not a runner, is he's he limits the offense so much on where he can throw the ball. He throws a lot of short passes. You don't see Carolina taking a lot of chances with him deep. And it makes it really, really easy for a defensive team or a defensive unit to defend this North Carolina offense because you don't have to worry about defending the deep ball. North Carolina's not going to beat you through the air with the deep ball. They're going to try to beat you with screen passes, shovel passes, you know, quick five, seven-yard passes, you know, to the side, down the middle. And, and that's just really easy to defend. So, if Nathan Elliott can make a few special throws, maybe like we saw against Georgia, uh, excuse me, not Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, like that pass he threw to Carl Tucker. I mean, even like that pass he threw to Daz Newsom last week. You know, those are two really good passes. Those are high quality, high level passes at any level. But we don't see it enough from Nathan Elliott. So if Nathan Elliott can make a few special plays this weekend, I think North Carolina is going to have a good chance to put up some serious points against this Georgia Tech defense. And quite frankly, they're going to have to score. Because for me, this is going to turn into a shootout. And whoever, I mean, probably whoever scores the last touchdown is going to end up winning this game, hopefully. And, and, and on the contrary, we could see Georgia Tech just run all over us like we saw them do against Virginia Tech last week. So I know I predicted wins in every podcast uh, this year, but 
can't do it today. I'm starting to lose faith a little bit in this team, and I'm hoping maybe if I predict the North Carolina loss, they'll they'll prove me wrong and go out there and win. So for me, I don't think Carolina is going to be able to put enough points up on this Georgia Tech defense and is not going to be able to outscore the Yellow Jackets, especially with how bad our defense has kind of been this season. I saw one stat yesterday that North Carolina is allowing over 10 yards on third and short, so anywhere between third and one to third and three. North Carolina is letting up over 10 yards. That's unbelievable when you think about it and Georgia Tech's going to put you in a lot of those scenarios they're going to put you in a lot of even fourth and one fourth and two situations that they're going to go for against this North Carolina defense like most teams choose to do so I think Georgia Tech's going to outscore North Carolina I think it'll be relatively close but I think it'll end up being a pretty comfortable victory for Georgia Tech in the end I'm predicting the Yellow Jackets to come out on top 34 to 24 and the main reason for that loss or the two main reasons for that loss are going to be the fact that North Carolina is not going to be able to do enough consistently on offense they're going to be average but they're not going to be able to to be special like we've seen a lot this season and do just enough to to beat Georgia Tech and you know then again you let up 34 points to a team you're nine times out of 10 going to lose that game so I think the defense is not going to be able to stop this Paul Johnson rushing attack enough and whether it's through Tobias Oliver or Taquan Marshall I expect the Yellow Jackets to to really dominate North Carolina on the ground and probably rush for similar yards like they did last season, probably over 300 yards, close to 400 against this North Carolina defense, especially with how banged up the defensive line is, unfortunately. So that's going to do it for me today, guys, with the Georgia Tech preview pod. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. And like I said, if you haven't seen the article I wrote for the game this week and previewing it, you can see those three keys on there and get a little more information as well. So go over to Carolina Talk Pod on Twitter and check that out if you want to Go ahead and read that and uh, get more prepared for the game this weekend. Want to wish the basketball team the best of luck tonight as they take on Mount Olive in an exhibition. Excited for basketball season to be back. We will, like I said, get a basketball preview coming up in the next week or so. So be looking for that. And we'll obviously have the Georgia Tech review podcast coming next week. And hopefully we're talking about a North Carolina victory over the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.